You said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? You said they found hands and feet, but they never found any heads. And we're back. Hi. Welcome back. What's up? You said you got a warm-up from someone? I have a warm-up from someone, but before that, I have another warm-up. All right. Uh, This is an article from April. No, August. I don't know why I thought it was April. Oh, I was about to ask you who April was. April. You said from, though, right? From April. Yeah, I meant, like, dated to April. Who's that? But it's actually August. Um... There was a new species of dinosaur discovered. Oh. Did you hear about this? No. In the United Kingdom, they discovered a new dinosaur and believe that it's related to the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay, I was about to say, I hope it looks like one that I know about because I think I only know of like four or so. It said that um, they determined that the bones that were found, so they found four bones last year off of uh, England's south coast. Um, the Isle of Wight, I think is how you say it. Um, the, it says the university said that scientists determined that they were from the neck, back, and tail of a new dinosaur previously unknown to scientists. The fossils were found over a period of weeks in 2019 in three separate dis- discoveries. And <laughs> 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 uh, two, um, two by individuals, one by a family like group. Wow. Super interesting. The dinosaur lived 115 million years ago and was about 13 feet long. It's a pretty small dinosaur. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty tiny, especially if it's comparable to... A T-Rex. Yeah, but I guess it's just like related to it. Well, it's in that were, category. I don't know how big they were, actually. I've never, Could have been I a baby think, one, too. Did we see one at the Natural History? No, that's I the think it was Bronchiosaurus. Only a, the one with the, like the chubby one with the f- super long neck. Yeah. 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 It's like kind of fat... Yeah, and, and has like a shit. Neck. And they like, were real nice in Land Before Time, I think. They're yeah, the, I think they're like the the tree eater. Well, the T Rex is the only asshole one, right? Yeah, but movie. like that's not true at all. Yeah, that can't be true. Yeah, raptors. Raptors are definitely raptors, asshole. except for the ones that Chris Pratt has trained somehow. Oh, fuck that movie! <laughs> <and its> stupid <laughs> face. I don't. I'm not like in love with Jurassic Park anyway. I like the original one because yeah. it's just a good '90s movie. Yeah, it's I like Jeff it for Goldblum. that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, but like as far as a franchise, I'm not that guy. Like, no, oh, no, fuck no, yeah, no, no. The first one's out. good. The rest so, like, can suck it. I already didn't really want to be watching that movie. No, and then it sucked my balls yeah. so hard. I was um super hard into Jurassic Park because my brother watched it all the time, so I was just like just found love in the movie. So Nedalette. yeah, um, but the first one's good, and first like the great. dinosaurs are scary, and then you get to the shit fantastic sh- one. They don't really show them that much either. They kind of do the Jaws yeah, effect, where yeah. you just kind of it's the it's the terror around it yeah 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 exactly um but uh yeah super good movie very quotable anyways anyway we are trailing off no we're talking about dinosaurs um it it has a name which i'm not even going to try to pronounce it's hold on let me see it i'll try it it's right above um the blue university name vec taravenator whoa (laughs) it's a nader it's a nader so it's gonna the other half that they're gonna find is gonna be made out of metal, hopefully, and blinky red lights. That's the very hope. Of Damn, mine. 
I didn't even know there were Terminator T-Rexes. The, the second word is also part of it. Oh, I stopped after. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you got excited. Inopinatus. Oh, so it's not just a like a Terminator. Well, that's probably that. I mean, that's Latin. All right, here so we go. it's like v- I'm gonna try to maybe bang it quick here. Vectoraventor. Mm. No, I forgot Nader. I forgot the end. <laughs> Nate. All right, try, it doesn't try, matter. Try it again. This is terrible. Yeah. It's really hard to. It's very, it looks super weird. Yeah. V e c t e t a e r o v n a t o r i n o p i n a t u s. That's the name. Anyway. Did you get all that, everyone? Doesn't matter. Like, oh, I see. It's not that bad. It's a dinosaur. That's all that yeah, matters. Totally a dinosaur. So the second um the second thing is an email from Casey. Uh she sent us a funny episode opener um from her hometown's newspaper, and she's from Australia. Oh, hi Casey. S- um, hi Casey. Uh, she said that she's from a coastal city in Australia called Newcastle. Um, and for years, the city in the city in the like city council has been debating building a tram monorail system. So she said that this isn't crime related, but she felt like this was a good one um, to at least try to, to share. For us. Doesn't have to be crime related. Completely go with it. So anyway, they've been debating this tram monorail uh, monorail system. Uh, a few years back, the local newspaper, which is the Newcastle Herald, put a poll up and got trolled pretty hard by hilarious citizens because the newspaper had no idea what they printed were actually Simpson quotes from when they put their monorail in. Yeah. So um, the she sent me a picture of it, and it says, um, <laughs> the Herald reported yesterday that, uh, well, it just says, you know, that they're talking about the monor- monorail. And it says, this is what you said. And this there's three quotes. The first one says, what stupid nonsense. There is no way this is even going to be considered. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. The second one is, sorry, Marge, the mob has spoken. Monorail, monorail, monorail. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third one is um, Brockway, Odenville, and North Harvenbrook all have one. And by gum, it put them on the map. And and by by gum, gum, it put them on the map. Hmm. So um, that is that was printed in the paper with the paper not realizing that that's people just (laughs) quoting the Simpsons episode. (laughs) Yeah, like I I remember of that episode. I haven't watched it in a while. It's a I I, it's like one of the ones I remember more. I think we than not. I think we skipped over it when we started watching the Simpsons again. Yeah, I think we started. Yeah, we're too late. I think it was in somewhere between one and six. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what season. we started on season seven because we own one through one six. One through six, yeah. Yeah, so we definitely missed it, but um, that's pretty funny. And that's definitely something our newspaper would do, the, where it's like they're just dumb enough to think, like, especially the one that says, sorry, Marge. That's what I was about to say. That's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so thanks for that, Casey. Um, she ended it by saying that she hopes that we're, we're doing well and uh, lots of love from down under. So, And I hope you're doing well. Yes. Um, and uh, I could make a dumb and dumber joke here, but I'm sure you've heard them all. So What? She's from Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> uh, so um, that, is, uh, that is the warm-ups. You ready for the episode? Super ready. All right. We are on 117. This is the tale of Satan's angels. 
Satan. Satan's angels. Oh, Satan. <laughs> so, have you ever heard of the Bridgewater Triangle? I know you haven't. No. Is okay. that right up the road? No. <laughs> I mean, it would be... Uh, it would make this area a lot more interesting if so. Hold on. Satan's... What, what was it one more time? Satan's angels. Is this a like a gang? It's a cult. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bridgewater Triangle is an area of about 200 square miles in the southeast uh, southeastern area of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, which is claimed to be a site of paranormal phenomenon, you know, UFOs, poltergeists, orbs, balls of orbs. fire. Yeah, you can't say that word without <laughs> sounding stupid. Um, there's been Bigfoot sightings there, giant snakes. Oh. Yeah. Um, Thunderbirds. Do you know what they are? The car? Yes. The car has been seen there. Just a bunch of fucking T-birds out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot, a lot of what's Christine a, type. What's a Thunderbird? It's a, um, like, uh, like a Phoenix. Um, it's kind of like a Phoenix, like a Native American Phoenix sort of thing. It's basically is it a, is a it symbol of power and strength. Is it on fire? No, I don't think or so. Or made of fire? I don't think it's made of fire because it's thunder. I think they're oh, just... it's made of thunder. That's yeah. right. It's an ACDC bird. <laughs> and the thunder. It just has a little yeah. black t-shirt with the sleeve cut <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, there's many incidents of animal mutilations in the area, and it's um, been said that um, Native Americans cursed the land centuries ago because of the poor treatments they received from the colonists. Oh, serves so, you right. Definitely. The triangle was first termed in the 1970s, and it encompasses 17 towns and is like the Bennington Triangle, which is in nearby Vermont. So that's kind of weird that there's two... Just triangles. Yeah, just hang out and hang out. Multiple triangles. Let's go to the other triangle. Yeah, exactly. So um, the the historical places where within the triangle i'm not going to name all of them but there's one called solitude rock which is also known as suicide stone due to it being um the area where an inscription was found next to a dead body oh yeah um and then there's the freetown fall river state forest which is home to the profile rock um and it's nickety named the uh cursed <laughs> forest <laughs> Manickety name. <laughs> What's it? What was it? Uh, the cursed forest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the forest is known for having many issues itself, um, including including being a place where some gangland murders and suicide has happened. Um, but it's most known for being a site for cult activities um, and satanic ritual like sacrifices. All right. Yeah. So in November of 1917. 1978, a 15-year-old cheerleader named Mary Lou, she was kidnapped and quickly her body turned up in the forest. Um, of course, she was dead. She was tied to a tree. The next year, a man named James Cater, who had been uh, previously charged with a kidnapping in the 60s, was convicted of her murder. It was her, his um, conviction was overturned, but then he was retried, reconvicted in 1986. And again, it was overturned. And so he had a third trial on this situation, and that ended with a hung jury and a f- a, a mistrial of that. So four trials mm-hmm. for this Jesus. one murder. Yeah. So, um, but before all of that in the the eighties, um, thought that was the seventies. 
Well, so she went missing in the 70s. His trial, his trials happened throughout the 80s. Oh, okay. So I just, just before, again, I'm just going into that a little bit just to show you that like there's definitely activity where more than one person's involved. But before we go forward, we're going to go back a little bit to the 1960s. Word. So around that time in America, a spiritual awakening was happening where a new religious movement was developing, which is best known as being um, a, quote, on the fringe of Christianity, part mystic, part neo-pagan. Oh, it's mystic. Mystic. Um, Mainly, it's described as a self-help discovery with a higher purpose. Basically, we're talking about cults. Right on. Yeah. Um, People saying, like, oh, I'm... I know enough about the Bible that I should teach it to other people, but take out the parts I don't like. And I'm kind of mystic. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of mystic. So um, the 1970s, of course, Satanic Panic was born. It was fueled by religious fanatics, psychiatrists, and the media claiming that uh, Satanist criminal network was operating within the country giving uh it was giving organized organized devil worshipers a chance to commit heinous acts under the very noses of americans satanic panic yeah i bet the person that came up with that loved themselves loves probably the same person that came up with stranger danger um so this was a, an issue for people at the time. Or oh, th- yeah. It wasn't actually an issue, but people were fearing it. People were fearing it. The media was ex- accelerating this was, it. And this was, of course, right 60s? after this. This is the like 60s into the 70s. So, of course, this is right around the Manson um, murders. So that's what people were thinking, like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That these people... Not people in cloaks around like a big evil no, not, statue. No, not quite there. Not like witches and shit. Okay. Yet. No, it was, it's more of... Um, more Manson-y it's shit. It's more of people who like... It's like... So when... So the people, the children of the 60s, the, the people that grew up, um, you know being old enough that they were like doing drugs and like experiencing the 60s -hmm. by the 70s they kind of went one or two ways they either well i guess one of three ways they either changed and just became an adult they burned out and became what we know is like yeah hippie like burnout like older person Mm -hmm. or they went the complete opposite became a more conservative restrictive um modest person and they became religious and so those that became religious knew you know they're the they're the ones that were like i i fuck chicks and i drank and oh i did coke yeah the they're worst. those people so i have sex with a hundred <laughs> chicks a night dude I, a guy could have slipped in i would never know had you know got a lot of cool shit <laughs> yeah chainsaws mm-hmm. t-birds yeah so those people basically fueled they helped fuel this whole like, you know, um, people that do drugs are worshiping Satan and all of this other bullshit. And of course, the seventies were crime ridden in the in the country, so it was they needed uh, people needed a thing to blame it on. And the easiest thing to blame it on was um, this country has been sinning for like fifteen years now, hard from the you know we went from the fifties where everyone was like. You know, where's my dinner? Exactly. (laughs) And now we're in the 70s and you have like, you know, New York murder rate being like sky high and stuff. Yeah. So everybody who was religious just immediately assumed that um, Satan was controlling the world. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. And of course, by this point, media realized that um, death and gore and um, 
yeah, Satan worship, like that's way more exciting For than sure. reporting normal news. Yeah, I can't imagine when like cable first started and, and CNN was first on and they just had to have shit before yeah. they, I mean, that might've been after, well, no, that was definitely after this time. Yeah. I was gonna, it was, it was, oh, I was going to say it must've been interesting to have news all the time before they realized that and they were just actually doing news. Yeah. But they didn't really have news all Do the shit time. Like a uh, springs here. Yeah. Yeah. Are, it's pretty nice out there. Yeah, I mean they just basically reported the news they had and then went on. It was like how a, a radio does yeah. it. Yeah. But I, I think that we had figured out that we love people dying in people's dirty laundry mm-hmm. before we had uh 24/7 news. Oh, absolutely. So it wasn't an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, um at the same time a recession hit the country, it caused unemployment rates to soar. Of course, the crime rate increased. Uh, Fall River, Massachusetts was hit pretty hard. It was a, it's a factory like area just like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so buildings were left abandoned, the downtown turned into a wasteland and in place the drug trade grew and prostitu- prostitution became a way of life for many win- women in hopes of surviving. Um, and of course, many men paid uh you know they they helped with that game by becoming pimps and one of them who we're going to talk about is carl drew what's his pimp name he doesn't he just goes by carl well he's satan garbage he's satan later if you want to go garbage well, pimp i mean name. I'll, I'll ruin it for you satan's also a garbage pimp name. yeah it's a bad name carl was from new hampshire carl uh, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1954, having grown up on a farm, um, though not much is known about his early life. What we do know is that his father was a drunk and abusive piece of shit. He forced Carl from a young age to help him butcher pigs and chicken. And mainly um, he was his task was that he had to maintain the family's slaughter pit. So like. Everything around him was just death and blood and gore. Gross. Yeah. As a youth, Carl was forced to dismember one of the family's horses after the animal had died in a barn fire. And when Carl expressed his unwillingness to perform the act, his father pushed him into the slaughter pit and wouldn't let him out until he agreed to cut up the horse. Bro. That is so gnarly. Oh, yeah. Like what it must be like in that thing oh somebody my god. not letting you out oh i would freak the like, fuck out me too oh my god and the smell is probably pretty solid heinous uh, another time his father discovered that they had dead rats at the bottom of one of the wells um that they like had on the property and he requested that his son clean it up and when carl refused his father forced him to complete the task by tying carl's ankles together and lowering him down into the well until he, he decided to bring him rats. up. No, just until his father decided that Carl had enough. He just Damn. sat down there, screamed, and begged to be pulled Cruel. back up. Rule. Yeah. But also, he's what age is he right he's here? He's like not even 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. By eighth grade, he dropped out of school, and around 1968, at the age of 14, Carl just ran away from home for good, and he lived homeless and moving from town to town for the next few years. Totally makes sense. Yeah. As a teenager, many described him as an outsider, an angry person. Uh, when he moved to Fall River, it was about the same. He was in his early 20s, and um, he was known for being, pretty quickly, he had a reputation around town for being like a guy you needed to fear. Like he was just an angry, violent person. 
Jesus. Yeah, I think it was just like a, he's just explosive. Uh, one of his his girlfriends all claimed that he was abusive, and of course he was a drug addict. Um, one saying saying that when he was high on heroin, he would if he would fall into a bad mood, whatever you do, all you you just said yes, Carl, and did what he asked because like otherwise you were gonna get the shit knocked out. Really, of you. while he was on heroin? Yeah. I thought that was the shit where people just like melt into the corner of the room. I don't know. I Maybe don't know if it's like depending on how. Uh, never how, been around it. Just going off of movies and shit. Definitely never been around it. But um, I mean, Kurt Cobain had a decently heavy heroin at, uh, addiction, and he was pretty uh, productive, functional, and functional. Oh, okay. So I, I think that like it depends on maybe the usage and the tolerance. I yeah. don't. I don't know. Again, I'm the same. I've not have been around it. Yeah. So. Okay. Carl loved, uh, I, wanting, I just want to say, Carl. So good to see you. <laughs> um, he loved motorcycles. He joined the local biker gang, the Sidewinders, who were affiliated with the Hells Angels. Man, what a fucking lame ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. All I picture is a bunch of like Nerf balls cruising down the road <laughs> on motorcycles. <laughs> with the Sidewinders. Sidewinders. Uh, he soon got a tattoo on his left hand across the base of his knuckles, which said "hate." Oh, I thought you. I thought you said "hey," like "hey, hey, 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 hey." And the other one says "sup." Yeah. He also got a forearm tattoo of the devil with a beard, along with the phrase "Satan's Avengers," and another Satan head uh, was tattooed on the center of his chest. Does Satan normally have a beard, or did he just want him to have a beard? I think he just wanted him to have a beard. He also had a pretty bitchin' mullet. I don't know if this was like is around the, the same time. Yeah, or if the picture that I've seen is from a little later. Yeah. Um But you have a picture of it. Uh yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So again, I'm not sure and don't picture him with a mullet at this moment. Okay. Because it is the seventies, so I will you would later. think that yeah, but um he definitely has a, a real good bitchin'. mullet at some time. So eventually he starts doing jobs for the gang. He's quickly becomes involved in many criminal elements in town to get quick cash. He then moves into recruiting sex workers and finds himself the pimp of Bedford Street. Bedford? Um, Bedford. Oh, Bedford. Yeah, I said it was I said it weird. <laughs> Bedford, which is in the middle of the downtown area. He of course takes a sizable cut. He's just as abusive to his girls as he is to his girlfriends and pretty much they all hate him. Uh, one said that she told Carl she no longer wanted to have sex for money, and he told her that she would have to start stealing clothes and selling them at half price to make up her quota. You gonna, you gonna bring some kind of money back? <laughs> yep. And he said that if she didn't, he would bust her face in or kill her. Damn, raw as yeah. shit. When she finally asked him why he didn't just kill her, he said, "I can't kill you right away. You give good head." Damn, my yeah. man's as cold as shit. Yep. Another said that Carl broke her nose more than once and said, quote, if you don't work for me, you'll have to look around your back. So definitely like you'll just have to watch it yourself if you don't work for me. And then um, told her that she would he if she called the cops, he would kill her family. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. He soon gained a reputation with the cops in town, was in and out of jail frequently with a couple of armed robbery and assault charges. 
And he also around this time became the leader of a satanic cult, which he had started, which many of his prostitutes were probably forced members of, but members of. Totally makes it. You're totally going to come to this thing. Tonight, <laughs> yeah. Or I'll bash your fucking face in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one of the girls was Robin Murphy, and she was all in on the cult, too. He eventually started call, making them call him Satan and um, would bring the name up anytime he got mad at them. Like Does he the, have a beard? Uh, no. Okay. At least not in the picture I saw. Um, Carl eventually got a Satan's angel, uh, Satan's angels tattooed on his forearm for the girls. For them. Yeah. For their pleasure. Quote unquote, for the girls. Badass. Uh, though not actually Satan, Carl claimed to be the son of Satan and oh. a representative. I'm junior. <laughs> yes. He would take the group into the um, cursed forest and hold nocturnal rituals and sacrifice um, or sacrifices. Who are they sacrificing? Uh, at they sacrificing? first, they were sacrificing like animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would tell the girls if they didn't want to tr- um, participate, he would simply like just threaten them. One of the girls said that he s- told her that he would inject battery acid into her veins and then offer her soul to Satan if she ever betrayed him. Damn. Yeah. So, when performing the rituals, they spoke in tongues, they conjured demons, and eventually they were told that human sacrifices would be needed, and that the human sacrifices needed to be tortured to complete the process, um, and the torture needed to be a level of, quote, force that the victim fell into a maximum state of emotional arousal. Oh, that's very specific. And that these human sacrifices had to happen about every 30 days or when the full moon happened. So it's about 30 day cycle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That all all checks out. Yep. Cold like stuff. Definitely. So um, eventually there's uh, a sacrifice. And the first one is this girl named Doreen, who's a 17 year old uh, runaway. She was originally from New Bedford and she had been one of Carl's girls. Her body was found behind a high school on October 13th, 1979. Her wrists had been bound with fishing tape or fishing tape, fishing line. And fishing tape would be weird. <laughs> I'm just going to, uh, I'm hoping to just, uh, my, uh, my shit will just stick to them and I'll get them that way. She had clear signs of sexual assault and torture. She had been stabbed in the head several Ooh. times. She Damn, had, that is really raw. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't really hear that very often. No, because stabbing a, in the head is hard. Yeah, anything in like, <laughs> holy, holy yeah. shit. She had several um, multiple skull fractures, and initially the officer officers thought she had been killed by a client, but the medical examiner said, nope, definitely had to be multiple people, and I'm suggesting that a ritual element was um, involved because it looked like she had been stoned to death. Damn. Or at least to almost death and then stabbed in the head. That poor girl. Yeah. So after that, the officers had their work cut out for them, and a month later... Um, they finally get a small break when a man named Andy shows up at the station to file a missing persons report for his girlfriend, Barbara, who was a 22-year-old sex worker employed on Bedford Street, one of Carl's other girls. Mm-hmm. Andy told the officers that he feared for her safety and that it was possible that a satanic cult was involved. And how does he know? Uh, well, he said he did have information. <clears throat> excuse me. He did have information about Doreen's murder that may connect and may be of use. So they immediately scheduled time to speak with him. But Andy is a pretty questionable source. He is known to be a, quote, mentally unstable creep. 
He was an absolutely a pedophile, oh. a sexual sadist. He had a violent rape charge, which he had done time for. He was also a quote-unquote recent religious convert, uh, convert to Christianity. Oh. And he was now in his 40s. Well, that's not that old to yeah. have the rap sheet. No. And he even told the officers, I once worshipped Satan, but now I worship Jesus, which is... Oh, well, come on out. Makes you suspicious. Yeah. We like you now. Yeah. That's all, that's all you needed. Yep. So he informed the officers that he and Barbara had been practicing members of the cult when she disappeared and confirmed that Doreen had also been a member. Though he said that the cult was responsible for Doreen's death, he did not have direct information on the matter. Um, and even though this was a little weird and definitely you have no proof to prove this the officers were starting to believe him because he was so insistent so finally they're like you can't prove anything and he was like well i can offer to arrange a meeting with two other people who know more who are also part of the cult then go go get them (laughs) go go move it so a couple days later officers may meet with um karen marsden and robin murphy Karen is a 20-year-old mother who was a runaway from home. Uh, She had ran away from home. She got pregnant and then ditched by the father. And she, of course, um, like all the other girls in the cult, was a sex worker. She was a drug addict. And she was nervous and highly emotional. Robin was the exact opposite. Even though she was only 17, she was clearly a tough, street-smart woman. She was basically a pimp herself. She had a domineering personality and a high degree of intelligence. Robin remained silent throughout all of the interviews. She just watched the officers, but Karen would break down in tears and did all of the talking, just kind of like rambled on. Mm -hmm. Both girls were open about their lives. They said that they were roommates and lovers, um, but only uh, knew Andy from basically being around, though later Robin said that Andy had been molesting her since she was 11. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Again, we do know he's a pedophile, yeah, so true. that would definitely be a uh, not a shocker. Yeah. So eventually, Robin overshared, or excuse me, Karen overshared and told the officers that Carl had killed Doreen. Damn. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's nothing that they could do about this because they didn't have any evidence to link Carl to the crime. Other than this information. Mm -hmm. And when pressed, Karen gave no more information, even after being offered witness protection. Um, As they were leaving, Karen did share one. She did say one more thing to the officers after Robin left the room, which was, if I turn up dead, Carl is absolutely, absolutely responsible. Oh, righty. Yeah. So over the next few weeks, officers remained in contact with Karen, trying to get more information, hoping that she would um, she would be able to help since she claimed that she still believed in God and was only part of the cult because she had to be and that she was a good person and, you know, was fearful for her life and her baby's life. And that's kind of why she was dealing with all this shit. But Karen was more fearful of the fact that um, she knew that, you know, crossing Carl meant certain death. Yes, yeah. being stabbed in the head. Yeah. And she was afraid he would sacrifice her and cast her soul into hell. It's a pretty serious uh, worry. Yeah. To have. Yeah. And I mean, he's been saying this multiple times and he's a Satanist. So, yeah. Seems like if you are any level of fear, you would definitely be like, yeah, this is definitely a possibility that I could end up in hell because of this douchebag. 
So she did offer to take the officers to the forest and show them where the rituals were held. She went there with another member of the cult named Carol Fletcher. Um, they told officers that Carl was violent always. They even offered, um, they even told the officers that he had offered to revenge a girl named Cookie for her prostitution arrest. So he was like, I'll take out the girl that ratted on you. And he said that um, we'll take her out and that she has to be killed by being tied to a tree and having live, uh, having goat's blood poured on her face before being sacrificed. She has to, she has to. Yeah. That's the way we have to kill her to revenge you. Oh. Yeah. So the more the officers spoke with Karen, the more they realized Carl was not the only violent character in this story. Robin was too. She had dabbled in the occult before joining the prostitution cult ring, and she was psychologically unstable and very much prone to violence herself. And that's when a third body is discovered on January 26, 1980, and it's Barbara. So Andy's quote-unquote missing girlfriend. Uh, okay. Her body was found frozen and bloodied in the woods behind an abandoned printer factory. Uh printing factory um she had her wrist tied with fishing line she had been sexually assaulted and tortured her skull had been crushed with a rock and she had several other familiar wounds that were very similar to doreen's that's a pretty big sign that yeah same person that all checks out yeah andy obviously denied knowing anything that happened but the con the he contacted officers a few days later telling them that he had a psychic dream and he gave them the exact crime scene, like, laid out like he had been there. He was able to tell them where the body was found, how it was position, positioned, the approximate time of death. And, of course, after all of that, Andy finds himself in handcuffs, being charged with her death. Because <laughs> So he said all of that yeah, shit? Yeah, he was like, I had a dream, and here's all uh, of this shit. All right, before, before I tell you this, a mystic. You hear me? You hear Myst- me? You guys both hear me, right? Yeah, mystic. All right, now here's how it went down. I saw. I floated over her body. Yeah. I was like flying through the air yelling I for her. I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> As I was floating. So days later, Robin contacts officers and she offers to be a witness, claiming that she had been present at Barbara's murder. As well as Doreen's, even though she didn't say this earlier in all of the other interviews. And she um, was offered a bargain, which was, you'll be granted immunity in both murders and given um, uh, protective custody. So she was there, so technically she can be charged with the crime. Uh-huh. But because she's going to testify and give them information, they gave her immunity. So Damn. That's a really big deal. No shit. Yeah. So Robin's story was that Andy had killed Barbara after finding out that she had been cheating on him, which she's a sex worker. Come on. Like, come on. I think, yeah, it's like, that's a little weird. But um, she said that they had been, they had all been partying together, driving around the city. And at some point, the couple started to argue when Andy parked the car, uh, walked over to Barbara's side of the vehicle, dragged her out and left Robin inside. He then raped Barbara as she cried for help, and then he started beating her with his fists, and then later a rock, leaving her to crawl away bloody while he and Robin drove off in the car. Damn. As they left, Andy threatened Robin, saying that she would end up the same way if she told anyone what happened. But the story didn't make sense because, of course, all the similarities to Doreen's murder were there. Mm -hmm. Um, It was clearly a ritual. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that she would crawl away and then end up in... 
fishing line. Yeah, exactly. So Robin con- continued to insist that the two murders weren't connected, that the only connective tissue was the fact that she had been present at both. And that she said that Doreen's death had been an offering to Satan, whereas Barbara's death had been an, a crime of passion. Word. So Robin said that Doreen had tried to leave the group working on her own, but that's not the way you do it. So Carl eventually tracked her down, forced her into the car, and in the car were Robin, Karen, a, a guy named Willie Smith, and they were all driving around when they saw her. Carl grabs her, pulls her back into the car. As they're driving, Carl backhands Doreen, screams that she can't afford to work at on the streets alone and then they pulled over behind the high school when carl and willie took her out of the car over to the set of bleachers and the two girls remained behind for a short period of time robin claims she heard and saw nothing until carl and willie returned a few minutes later without doreen and they drove off telling the girls you just don't want to know what happened Later, Robin says she didn't even know that Doreen was dead until she read it in the paper. Damn. But again, the story paints a different light than what the evidence shows. Doreen hadn't been silently taken out. She'd definitely not... I mean, she'd been stabbed in the fucking head. Yeah. And... No doubt about that. Stoned to death. And... Scones. Scones. Thousands of them. (laughs) Like... (laughs) (laughs) She hadn't been... She was sconed to death. Yeah, she she wasn't, it wasn't like she was strangled. Also, that would cause a very bloody output. And the boys like walked away with nothing. Like yeah. you didn't see signs of anything. Yeah, it good. took like a five minute situation. Good point. She'd been sexually assaulted. I mean, like, yeah, nothing nothing works out. Um, So <clears throat> it's it's... Just, yeah. So the officers were still speaking with Karen at the same time. They believe she had also been present for both murders. And Karen's story was much different from Robin's. Karen said that Carl was the cult leader. He had been directly involved in the murders, which had both been ritual sacrifices. And that she had been forced to take part in the mutilation by Carl in order to incriminate herself. So that if she tried to rat, she would get in trouble. Yeah. But Carl, um, Karen's drug habit and demeanor made her an unwilling witness, not like Robin's cool cucumber attitude. So, of course, if you put her on the witness stand, Robin's going to look a lot better than Karen is. Mm -hmm. Karen was also erratic. At times, she was unwilling to cooperate. And so many of her statements became pretty useless and basically gossip. Because they can't trust what she says. We don't believe you, bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. As the interviews went on, Karen became more and more erratic, eventually seemed like she was on the verge of a mental breakdown, and she told them that she was convinced that she was next. And after the last interview, Karen went missing on February 9th, 1980. Two months later, in a nearby beach town of West Point, Westport, a man stumbled across the top half of a human skull and called police. They searched the area. They found some decaying carcasses of three different cats, a bunch of sheep bones, and a few clumps of human hair, along with some jewelry, a high heel shoe, and pieces of a torn sweater that was worn by a woman. Wow. Quickly testify, um, uh, forensics tests determined that the skull is Karen's. So. Three cats. Three cats. Now, is this, did he, is this their spot where they always it's do this It's shit? probably one of the spots. I was going to say, is was all of that just for doing one sacrifice? Mm. Or is that left over from multiple sacrifices? It's probably left over from multiple ones. I was going to say, why would you 
fuck three cats up before like you the, have a person to yeah. do. So it's like, let's do like some, you guys want to do some cats first? Yeah, like a warm up. All right, we'll do like two or three cats and then we'll get, we'll get, you know, we'll get shit going here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's probably just multiple dead animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over, over time. So yeah, she's becoming more and more erratic cause she knows that her, her time's coming kind of, yeah. and they never even offer her. I mean, they offered Robin protective custody and mm-hmm. services, but, but now they, she's gone missing. No, they offered Robin that they never offered it to Karen and Karen's one that yeah, that's what I'm gone saying. missing and found dead. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So with that, the officers receive a phone call from another um, sex worker slash cult member, this girl named Maureen. Maureen was a former prostitute. She had acted as a den mother to young girls on the street. She basically got them in and got them clean, you know, yeah. you know, as much as she could or Prepped. at least try to help them. Um, she also hosted many of the satanic gatherings, um, which two undercover officers attended at one point. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, when, after, um, after Andy was, uh, arrested, these two officers were able to find their way to like get in to see kind of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And they ended up attending a meeting at Maureen's house. Um, so she hosted the parties, um, and she said that Robin was her ex lover and had admitted to, um, Karen's murder over the phone. So Carol, the the Carol Fletcher, one of the members who had gone into the forest with the officers, um, with Karen a couple months earlier, she also spoke with authorities and said that Robin and Carl were responsible for Karen's murder. Carol said that she had been present at the cl- at the crime along with another pimp also named Carl. Damn, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like, huh, two two Carls. Two Carls, both pimps. Both pimps. Without pimp names. Yeah, call number one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, without pimp names. So um, they had all been members of the cult, and she said that they were present for the for the murder of Karen. So Robin was, because she's under protective services or custody, whatever, um, Robin was relocated to Texas as part of her agreement where she stayed until Andy's trial, but a warrant was issued for her arrest after Karen's skull was found. And that's when Robin was brought back to Fall River where the two Carls and her were both indicted on and arrested on, um, Karen's murder. And the, they were all taken into custody without incident. The two Carls were already in jail for short assault charges, um, and then, of course, Robin was in protective custody. So mm-hmm. kind of no no issue there. That's when Robin, quote, broke down and told officers everything. She said that um, Karen had become too much of a liability and Carl had decided her fate when she spoke to police and that Robin had been forced to participate out of loyalty for the cult. She told officers that Karen had been dragged from the car by her hair and that Carol, that Carl, Karen, and other Carl, and Carol. <laughs> so the two Carls and Carol. Yes. They're the ones outside of the car. They perform a ritual stoning on Karen. And then they cut off one of Karen's fingers. And then Carl, uh, Satan Carl. Yeah. Broke her neck with car his hands. Car number one. Car number one. Broke Call. Call. <laughs> Uh, broke her neck with his hands. Damn. Just. Um, Damn. And then Robin slit her throat. And after that, um, 
Carl number two basically hacked the rest of the head off. Then he drop kicked it into the woods. What the fuck? Yeah. From there. Specifically drop kicked it. Oh, yeah. Like like punted it like a football. Yeah. 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 From there, Carl carved an X in her torso. They spoke tongues and offered her soul to the Satan before dipping a thumb in her blood and marking an X on his forehead. Robin said that Carl then forced her to perform oral sex on Karen's headless body. Oh my God. Yeah. Before they dumped it in the woods, doused it with gas and burned her to ashes. And the fucked up thing is, is that I don't think they're getting any of this from some kind of book no. that they all believe in. Making this is it just up. made up nonsense. Like, yeah. Okay. Wipe a little blood on the forehead. Mm-hmm. This and that. Yeah. Where is this coming from? Yeah, exactly. Just again, just like I would assume it is just making, on the spot. Just making it up. The trials were crazy, of course, a flurry of media. Many believed that the four were only the tipping point of the cult, um, that there was still satanic activity in the area. And from there on out, anytime a rape, kidnap, or murder uh, went unsolved, it was immediately thought to be cult connected. Yeah. Andy stood trial first in January 1981. He was convicted of first-degree murder for Barbara, sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, with most of the evidence against him being Robin's testimony. Though um, there was suspected to be, he was su- suspected to be the um, commit the committer of three unsolved rapes from the 1970s. He was never really charged with anything else because, I mean. They didn't have, they didn't quite have the evidence. And if they went through the process, what is it it's going to do? It's just going to give him more time in jail. He's already in jail for life without parole. Mm -hmm. So he was never charged um, and eventually died of cancer in prison in 1998. Robin's attorneys were able to convince the court that she was under the powerful spell of the cult. Ah, yes. They got her a plea deal of second degree murder in exchange for testifying against the others. And she still had immunity in Barbara and Doreen's murder because of the earlier agreement. She got a sentence of life without the possibility of parole for Karen's death. In June of, um, in, or so about 24 years later, she was released on parole, but immediately violated the conditions. She was caught driving with heroin. Beautiful. She was genius. Yeah. So she was um, sentenced next. She was uh, resentenced to to um, jail for another seven years before she was eligible for parole again. She has um, she tried. She's tried and tried and tried multiple times to argue that the violation that she was caught with the heroin in the car, it wasn't her heroin. Oh, well, shit. It was her friend's heroin. Why aren't they listening to her when she says these things? Yeah, so she's currently still in prison awaiting the next parole hearing where she's going to say that same thing. Hmm. Yeah. So the other Carl, Carl number two, he never stood trial for Karen's death, but he was later arrested for assaulting Marine with a deadly weapon who at the time was three months pregnant. He stabbed her in the head. Oh. Yeah. And she didn't die. No. Oh. No. I'm sure she had some deficits, but wow. didn't die. He was sentenced to prison for this, served seven years, and then was released. Just seven years. Stabbed somebody it's, in the fucking head. Man. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised. It's, it's assault with a deadly weapon, not attempted murder. I remember some dude in middle school was fucking with this girl in the cafeteria, and she stabbed him in the head with a fork. <gasps> yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I was like 
I'm pretty sure I was there. Yeah. But I don't think I was close to it. I just heard about it. You said it middle school? The, what year? Through the grapevine. Uh, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade, maybe. I'm, oh, I'm not sure. I might not have been there yet. Bro. Dude, With well, the way that, that cafeteria is, too, you would definitely know if you were there. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm assuming it didn't go into his skull, but Mm-mm. it still probably sucked pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Ugh. Anywho. Ugh. Um, Carl, number one, he claimed his innocence the entire time, but was given first degree and a life sentence without the possibility of parole. He filed many appeals, but they were all denied. Um, he, he was never tried for Doreen's murder saying, because the state basically said it was a waste of time. Again, it would only, it would only have another outcome of another life sentence. Yeah. Um, so why go through the pain and the money and the time? Exactly. So because of the charges against him, uh, because of this, the charges against him for Doreen's death were officially dropped, meaning that Willie Smith got out of everything. Damn. Yeah. So since Carl was the one that killed her and Willie was just uh, there and possibly um, possibly was involved, they not they can't go like they're not going to go to trial for one and not go for the other. Damn. So he just got (laughs) fucking lucky as all get out. That's so nuts. Yeah. They can reopen the case against him still, but they're not going to. Fuck that guy. Yeah. At this point, he's probably dead. Good. Uh, Um, but some, of course, some say that the cult still runs strong in the era, even without um, Carl in the picture. Ten years later, a serial killer or killers murdered at least nine other sex workers by strangulation and left their bodies by various um, areas and highways in Brist- Bristol County. And according to the officers, a cross was nailed to a tree near the body of the first victim that was discovered. And they further claimed that um, crosses or makeshift altars were found in the general area of all the other victims as well. But the case remains unsolved. Mm. In August of 1988, a guy named Willem LaFrance was charged uh, with trespassing after he was found sleeping near a campfire surrounded by satanic symbols in the forest along with two uh, juveniles. They found the symbol 666 everywhere in the woods and in William's car. And and that summer, the cult activity seemed to increase in the area with pentagrams showing up regularly around town. See, that's some like shit that where you're just... Just bored. Exactly. Just bored. like you don't know anything. You probably haven't read whatever the Satan Bible is. You're just like, uh, seek, seek, seek. Yeah, exactly. And that fucking star circle thing. Yeah, you know, that, exactly. You know that shit. Yeah. Well, totally. it's it's like um, it wasn't wasn't it was around here that some kid carved the. I mean, it's a it's it's obvious that the the um swastika is not a good symbol. But it's like... Oh, some kid was like doing it on cars around. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's like, I mean, clearly he was old enough to know that was not... like a 13-year-old. But it sounds like a 13... He's just trying to fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to cause controversy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fuck your beamer. Yeah, pretty much. In November of that year, dozens of calves were found butchered, and then a body was stolen out of the grave. The body was from 1868. So it was really a skeleton. So a skeleton. Yeah, a skeleton was still... Um, since the 1980s, uh, or since the 1990s, really, the forest has been relatively quiet to cult or satanic use. So, oh, yeah, it seems like it stopped. Um, you know what happened? They ran out of Carl's to, to lead them. <laughs> we need to nominate a new Carl. No more Carl's. You guys, yay for this Carl. <laughs> All right, now how many votes for this Carl? Carl's just the. 
you can maybe have a different name, but that's the position. It's like Colonel. Or yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's Colonel. Oh, he graduated to Carl. Yeah. Oh, he's a Carl. He's a Carl now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, maybe that is that is what it is. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, so the references for this were Murderpedia, CVLTNation.com, SouthCoastToday.com, Lines and Strings and StrangeDays.com, and the court documents um, from the trial. All right. Yeah. So that Yeesh. is the tale of Satan's angels. That was an interesting one. That one is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, um, can you show me the picture of the mullet? Is that what you're doing so right now? I'm pulling it up right now. Holy shit balls. <laughs> it's so serious. It's so fucking serious that it looks like he just has a ponytail. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's like grouped on the side there. Yeah. Also, he's got a uh, sweet little uh, Bloomin' Onion on like his yeah. forehead there. Yeah, he He's got like the Bloomin' Onion with... It's like it's like a downplayed like a, Bloomin' Onion. He looks onion. like a mom at a t-ball game in like 1990. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good yeah. hustle. <laughs> Good hustle, Kenny. <laughs> um, I wanted to do this story solely based on that picture. I was like, I don't care what he did. I, like, yeah. Even if it's boring. Like, I people wanna... that killed people and images and this fucking guy. And, <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good picture. I can't wait to post that forever. I won't. Never. I won't. Never. I won't. Well, um, uh, I guess it's time to figure out what we're going to watch on HBO. Yes, There were two options. Oh, hold on. I'm going to read people my list. I made a watch list as soon as we got the app. Hit the old free week. And I think we ran over our time, so now we're paying for it. Yeah, one so more. we might as well watch some shit. Let's see what we got here. Um, My list. We have Your Highness, which I remember sucking, but I still kind of want to watch it because I don't remember it. Yeah. I'm sure that there's one funny line. It's got to be at least a couple funny things yeah, in it, definitely. but I, I remember not liking it. Yeah, it uh, makes sense. Space. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Space Jam. No, of course. Fuck yeah. Which was on Netflix for like three seconds. Yeah, every time I'm like, no, 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 it's gone. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I think I'd like to watch this today. Yeah. And it's not there. That's right fantastic. after we watched The la- uh, the Last Dance, you were like, oh, I want to watch Space Yeah, I got to watch Space. I need more MJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, which was on the, the two-piece that we were pondering between yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, or Mr. Holland's Opus. Also. Which I do not remember, but I remember liking. I think the last time I watched it was in like choir. Been a long fucking time. Yeah, it was definitely in school. Yeah. Yeah. The Hot Chick always good which like again i just don't remember kind of just want some hate the early people, 2000s nostalgia like people um uh talk so much shit on rob shiner yeah, it's like whatever dude, people talk watch shit the on hot everything chick. it's perfect <laughs> i don't i don't really remember it oh but I, remember I remember it laughing. so much i hate i don't hate i'm curious if i it holds strongly up. do not like anna ferris in most things but like she's her. so i like you her in like just her. friends she's so funny in that but uh she's she's perfect as the friend um, like all I remember is she's like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't remember it that well. 2002, good times. It's a good year. <laughs> um, we got some Friday Night Lights. Never seen it. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, that's good too. You've never seen it. Uh, never seen it. Hmm. Always wanted to watch it. Uh, hmm. The Flintstones, the original one with um, fuck is his name? John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one is Driving Miss Daisy, which again I've never seen. Haven't seen it in a long time. Super I didn't realize it was movie. so short. 
Yeah, short. Yeah. So quick watch. Yeah. Um, probably gonna watch Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know Mrs. Doubtfire. Even For though sure. It's even though I want to watch delicious. it again. Delicious. Yes. A good two piece, if you wanted to have a double feature, would be to watch Mrs. Doubtfire and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's oh, Dead. Oh, super good two That'd piece. That'd be a hot. Yeah. Hot. Uh, what do you call it when there's two double feature? Double feature. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Next rainy day, it's or when it starts night. snowing. Yeah. It's a solid way to spend a day. That's a good, good evening. Alrighty, folks. Well. 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 It's been real. Yeah. I hope you're going to have a good week. I hope you had a good weekend. Yeah. And we'll see you at the next one. See you later. Peace out. Bye.